IC Church's Favourite Women, I'm Marion Wright and this is Favourite Friends, the podcast that shares the beautiful, hopeful and encouraging stories of Christian women. So know what you're thinking, it's been a while between episodes. To be honest, the last six months of my life have been really challenging for me. I've moved into a new role at work, my weeks have completely changed and unfortunately I haven't had the time to give the podcast the time that it actually needs. Hopefully next year things will settle down a bit and we're in the process at the moment of figuring out what it's going to look like next year. So this episode is actually a live panel from Faber Conference this year. It features the stylist extraordinaire Nat Cross and our very incredible guest speaker, Pastor Esther Greenwood. We cover a few different topics during our conversation, things like fashion and finding balance, but it's a really fun throwback to what was a very fun conference. I hope you enjoy it. Ladies, can we welcome these two beautiful women as they come to the couch? Hello, hello, have a seat. Find yourself a spot there amongst the cushions. Nestle in. Thank you everyone for coming. Hello, hi, hi, thank you for talking back. So, ladies, ladies, welcome to the couch. Yeah, get comfy, rearrange as you need. So, I don't know if you know, we, we have a podcast. Favourite Women has a little podcast. It's called Favourite Friends. It's up there. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and other podcast places. But this afternoon, we are doing a live recording with the both of you. And few people have said they have found this uncomfortable, but enjoyable. I don't, I'm not going to make you cry. I promise that I won't. People have cried before. It's never my intention, but we're just really happy that you're here this afternoon. I'm going to stop talking. All right. The first thing I'd like to do is just to find out a bit more about you. So, Pastor Esther, we might start with you. Tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us a bit about what your life looks like at the moment. Give us an idea of who you are. Hello. 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 Do you want to have another go? Hello. 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 I know how to work a microphone. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Um, What does my life look like at the moment? Um, At the moment, I'm on staff at Equippers Church. Um, I look after our creative teams, um, our worship teams, our creative people, um, and I also uh, just do a bit of travel bit of ministry and travel, bit of talking on the old microphone every now and then. You, you do it well. And, oh, Good. stop, stop, that's wonderful. And, um, and I married one husband. Just the one. Just one. Excellent. Yep. One husband, thank you. Um, his name is Benjamin, and we've been married three years now. Um, he's also on staff at church, and he works for the Revolution Tour. So my husband tours um, New Zealand, doing high school tours, and we have one child, Malachi, nine months, super chub, and I love him, and that's my life at the moment. That's beautiful. Thank you. Nat, tell us about you. Okay, so hi again. I'm Nat. I'm a wife and mother, so been married 20 years this year. I know. It's not bad. To Pretty good man, effort. To the one man, to my yep. husband, Marty, who's at home with our other two kids. I've got Lily here with me. She's a married 15-year-old daughter. And I've got a 17-year-old son, Lachlan, who's got his L's. 
and I fully understood what Pastor Joe was talking about last night. I turn into a different woman when he's driving. Anyway, it's all good. I, I always apologize to him afterwards. And then my youngest, uh, Darcy, is 12. He is um, mad for AFL football, and he is going to be like the captain of Carlton and play and win a brown low and thank me in his speech. He better. So, he better. Yeah. yeah. And uh, my husband, uh, gorgeous man, he is a bike rider. Do I have any bike widows? Friends? No. Just call him a bike widow. Okay. So there's a such thing as a bike widow. So he is like <laughs> mad crazy. He just rode his bike from Perth to Sydney. We're talking that level. He did it to raise money for charity, so it was a good thing. But that's where, yeah. So there's a lot of lycra in my house. That sounds like a good time, but we might move on to the next <laughs> question because we will run out of time. Pastor Esther, I wanted to ask you about your journey to marriage. Um, I've heard that there's a little bit of a story there. So do you want to tell us a bit about that? You can what thank Pastor Joe Geeling for that intel. What story did you hear? Well, I, oh, well there, was, there was a story about perhaps waiting for oh, a right. season. Uh, uh, right. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. There was a snippet, perhaps, of a story. If there's another story you oh, want to tell. Oh, man, I've got stories. Uh, stories? I have stories, man. Girl, we got time. We got time. Okay, well, um, so I was, I was, oh, Lord, help me, 29 when I got married. Um, because, so, can I just say, I feel like sometimes in church world, that's kind of old to get married. For, I had, for real. Yeah, I had for friends real. who were getting married at 17. Honestly. And I was like, is there something wrong with me that I'm not yeah. getting married right now? Right? Yeah. 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 I, my mum would cry. She would. You know, I'd be like helping her with the dishes. And then she'd just stop and look at me and say, Esther, are you ever going to get married? <laughs> Like, I don't know, Mum. I don't know. So, um, yeah, I think I, I was single for a long time. Um, and there's probably many stories to tell. I'll probably cut it short, just a couple of good lessons. Uh, lesson number one. Uh, best piece of advice I ever got was from a friend who said, uh, if you just... If you want to increase the chances that you're going to make the right decision, run as fast and as hard as you can toward God. Yeah. And if, if anyone can keep up with you, mm. that's a good bunch to pick yeah. from. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I thought, man, that sounds really clever. This sounds like that's going to save me from a lot of heartache. And I will say this, um, I, I, I dated a guy um, and... You know, he was kind of in my arena, right? Um, and it didn't work out. Um, and we served together, and we were in church together, and we were on the same team, and it could have been messy and ugly and yuck, but because of the level of maturity, it was really awesome. It's not to say that it wasn't hard to uh, break up, and we had, but there was a level of maturity that meant we could still honor each other and honor the process in it. Um, and so, uh, look, there's a, oh man, there's a long story when it comes to Ben and I. We'd known each other for about five years before he started stalking me. 
Honestly, man. Sounds very Honestly. Yeah. yeah. This is how I met my husband. This is my first memory of my husband. We were at a youth camp, youth pastors, youth leaders. I don't, and I had no idea who he was. He was a volunteer. Someone had invited him along. And I was in a van full of girls, and he was in a van full of guys, and we were driving our you know, youth to the beach. And all of a sudden, my van, van load of girls start erupting in laughter. Like, what is going on? And I look across, and in the van, someone had pulled their pants down <laughs> and was mooning my van. It's my husband. That's quite a move. I mean, that says courage and some confidence. That says he had to take three years to work. Oh my gosh. So that was our relationship. And I just yell, I just remember yelling at him for the whole weekend. Who are you? Why are you here? Get away from the young people. But it all worked out. It all worked out in the end. One thing led to another. You've been married. It all worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah. Can, and, and I'll just take, because th these are good stories. Um, the, like, that's a long way for Ben to work, right? To kind of get me to come around to even dating him. Um, but when we were dating, there were very, there were very um, wonderful things that Ben did. And look, I'm, I'm going to totally agree with Pastor Robin, who's like, you know, just let go of the fairy tale. And I'd done that already. Um, however, with Ben, it wasn't insane. Our, our courting, that's what old people call it, our courting period was insane. So Ben would pick me up uh, maybe like six o'clock in the morning. Not so nice. Um, but he would pick me up and we would go on dates. Auckland's a very small place. Um, and because it's a small place, if anyone sees you dating, everyone sees you. And there's a whole lot of pressure that comes with that. And so he would take me um, outside of Auckland for our dates, which is why they started very early. So it was um, horseback riding on the Coromandel. It was picnics on cliffs. It was me not, you know, not paying for a thing. Um, it, it was six months of this incredible kind of dating. And here's me after six months, right? And I'm like, he hasn't held my hand yet. And I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, we're just friends, like what's going on here? And so I asked him, finally, I asked him after six months, like, like you haven't even, like, what are we doing? What, what's your plan here? This is moving really slow and I'm 29, you know? Anyway. And he says, oh, um, well, you're not my girlfriend, so I won't hold your hand. He says, when you're my girlfriend, you can hold my hand. But for now, we're just friends. And for now, we're getting to know each other. And for now, you are learning, whether this works out or not, you are learning how you should be treated. Right? And that's what he did. So that, that was our relationship. Uh, ben created, and if you heard my, my, a bit of my testimony earlier on today, Ben created a very safe place for me to learn to trust a man. He created a very secure place, a place of honor. Um, and so he's a, he's a good man. He's a, he's a good man. Those are my stories. Those are great stories. Um, I want to ask you very quickly before we move on to you, Nat. 
What's your wisdom for the waiting season? I think that being 29 and watching your friends get married and have kids and settle down would have been really hard. How do you how do you stay faithful when you're just like, God, me too, why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm going to be honest, I'm probably not the right person to ask. And that's mainly because when I was a little girl, uh, dream the the getting married and having a family dream, that was never mine. So I, I, I was never a little girl that dreamed to get married and dreamed to have children. That wasn't the dream, my, my dream as a child and still today, my dream was always just to be a part of something significant and I found that in God. And so my God had me satisfied and content. And by the time we were, you know, Ben was trying to date me, I was like, you kind of have to compete with God. I don't know how you're going to go with this, but you can try. You know? <laughs> and that's what I said to him. And so probably if any wisdom I could offer, I would offer that. Uh, there are things that are outside of your control, so chill. Chill on that. Don't worry about that. There are things that are in your control. The state of your heart, that's in your control. The state of your surrender, your ability to praise and worship and trust and all, that's the things that are in your control, concern yourself with that. Things that are outside of your control, chill. That's awesome. Thank you. Nat, thank you for doing your styling session subject. Did anyone go to Nat's styling session? Really good. I wanted to ask you about your transition into business. So I, I heard that you were on staff at a church in Wodonga. And so talk us through how you moved from being on staff to then taking this big risk and starting this business, which stands for so much beautiful yeah. stuff. Yeah. So like I said, um, I've been in ministry for over 20 years, my husband and I together. And there's not a department I haven't worked in except for like the seniors, right? So we've done everything imaginable and uh, planted a campus, campus pastors. I was the women's pastor. I've had Pastor Joe come and speak at the women's conference that I ran for many years and loved it. And that was my life. There was nothing, there was no plan being outside of that. But then sometimes the plan gets changed without you <laughs> expecting it. And so that's kind of what happened. The plan got changed. And so you can either go with making a new plan or you can sit and wallow in disappointment <laughs> or you just get on with it. And so um, I was a bit lost at first because 20 years I raised my kids in church. My kids were, I was a, the worship and creative arts pastor for a very long time. Um, then I did women's and then pastoring, like there's nothing I haven't done in church, right? And so when that had stopped, you're like, oh, and now what? Now what? So I had to relearn a lot of things and I had to think, oh, is that all you have for me, God? Did it, did it stop? Did it stop there? Is that it? But when you've grown up in church and your whole life is about laying your life down to serve him um, and then it stops, you're like, well, now I don't know what to do. So I sought wisdom from some people I trusted and, of course, the Bible. Like, that's the go-to first. And I just would, I just trusted God in that transition season because I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm not qualified for anything. <laughs> what am I going to do? I only know how to work in church. I only know how to serve. I know how to run an event for thousands of people. I can do that like that. 
Um, but now I have to go and get a job. I don't know what to do. And so I had a moment and then I would message a couple of girls and they were like, okay, hang on a minute, but what does God want you to do? What's in your heart? And so never letting go of the dreams and desires that God had placed that I hadn't yet seen fulfilled in that particular ministry season. And just because that season finished didn't mean that my whole life was over. And so just I had to trust God in the transition of that. We had to walk through the valley Anyone been through a transition where you weren't quite expecting it? Um, You know, we want mountaintop experiences all the time, but you have to walk through the valley and then up the mountain to get to the mountaintop experience. So we, uh, my husband and I, because a season ended for us both, um, we could either stay in the valley and be like, oh, or we could just, okay, we're going to keep walking through the valley. And then now we're walking up the mountain and there's the mountaintop. So it was either transition well or transition bad. So we chose to transition well. And so I found myself then doing um, what I'm doing now. So with natcross.com, speaking, styling, and blogging. So you can read my blogs on my website. Um, I speak now to just different groups within our local community um, or church groups or whatever, but it's like I'm letting God use the last 20 years. Um, It's almost like it was a setup. And you know how the letting go of control, because no one in here is a control freak anymore, right? But you have to let go of the control and think, well, I had this planned. This is what life looked like. But hang on, God, you spoke and we said yes to that. But now now the plan's changed. And also just understand that sometimes you have to yield to decisions outside of your control and be okay with that and just trust God in the process and not let your heart get bitter and just get on with life and find a new plan. And that's what we did. And so now I'm still doing what I did in ministry but I'm doing it now. I get invited to speak. You know, last week I was speaking to um, 150 businesswomen in our community. Wow. And I ended with Proverbs 31. Wow. So I take the message of Proverbs 31. I use clothes and I speak into women's lives. So that's Beautiful. what I do now. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. I wanted to ask you both about how you... And I'm going to use the word balance, but I don't know if it totally exists. How mm. do you survive <laughs> um, having a really busy life? You know, so you just said your husband travels, you travel, you're in ministry, you've just had a baby. Nah, yep. you know, you've, you've got kids in a business. Yep. How do you, what's the key to doing seasons well? Because I think women sometimes struggle a lot with not feeling like they're enough. Yep. And, they, and we want to give... Yep into every area of our life, yeah. how, do we, how do we do that? C- can I jump in? So, so I posted something last week and I said, um, I'm happy to be perfectly imperfect. And uh, in this world that compares us to each other and, you know, or a, a mummy blogger that we're meant to have this amazing <laughs> meal on the table and our house is meant to be pristine and all that, we actually have to take the pressure off ourselves that nothing about life is perfect and we need to be okay that we are perfectly imperfect. And um, the whole work-life balance, I don't think, I think work is part of life. And when you start to try and separate everything, and then you're trying to balance everything, that's when it actually all comes crashing down, I think, personally. And I've raised my kids at, you know, in church services, and I was 
you know, running music teams with like 150 people in the team and you've got an event that has to be done for Christmas and I've got babies and I'm tired and I'm breastfeeding but I've got a house to run as well. Um, when you try and put yourself in a box and then try to balance that, there is no balance. So stop trying to put yourself in the box to start with and just be okay with what God's placed in your hand for the moment and God graces you to outwork that. Um, but be okay with saying no to things as well. Be okay with priorities. My family is always my first priority and anything else outside of that. Yeah, so be okay to say no to things as well. Creates a really healthy life rather than trying to achieve a work-life balance. Work is part of life. Um, just live it healthy. I like to read books. That's a broad statement. I like to read books like biographies. And I've just finished reading one about um, early pioneering women, like back in the 1800s, early 1900s, who really had to um, forge a way into universities, like the first woman who was allowed to study law in Australia, or the first woman who was accepted into medical school, the first woman doctor. Man, they had it tough. And they had to run the household, they had to do all the things that society expected of them, and then still, you know, walk down this path which was pretty incredible. The thing that they had to do, it was hard work. And sometimes I think we want things easy too. The call of God is not easy. There's a rest and a peace that comes yeah. along the way, but it's not. You don't just sit back and things happen. If you want a career in medicine, you don't just sit back and watch Grey's Anatomy. Like you've got to go and apply yourself Right? Great show, so, great show. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't even watch Grey's Anatomy. I don't know what that was. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. You know what? The Proverbs is full of, like, I devour the Proverbs, right? And it talks about you, you actually have to work hard. You have to work. You have to apply your hand to the will. Proverbs 31 woman, it says, her arms are strong for her tasks and she sets about her work vigorously. So I'm like, no, well, I want that in my life. Yet God's called me to do this, 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 and this. I don't just think I should sit back and think, oh, it's going to happen or complain about the work-life thing. I'm too busy or I'm too this or whatever. Well, hang on. God's graced me and my arms are strong for the tasks and I'm going to set about my work vigorously. There you go. Done. Your turn. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, so look, I'm, I feel like I'm a novice in the game, right? So I'll just share just a few things that I've learned. Um, first of all, I've learned not to compare my journey to anyone else's. Great. Um, no one else's. That's it. What I've also learned is that the mum world can be cruel. So cruel. <laughs> so cruel. And people say such stupid things. Um, uh, my, my Malachi is a wonderful, wonderful boy. He's been, uh, we feel like he's our reward. Um, he's, such a, he's such a good, happy baby. Hopefully you'll see him tonight. My husband will try and bring him in. Um, he, he was like the, he put himself in a routine kind of kid. And, you know, like six weeks he was in his own room and then six and a half weeks he's sleeping through the night and he's been sleeping ever since. Um, and, uh, you know, mums just say real dumb things sometimes to other mums. I've had people say to me, like, oh, yeah, I can't wait till you have a, like, a, 
a real bad season with the sleeping situation, so you know what real parenting is. Oh, it's nice. You know? And I'm like, oh, you probably haven't slept. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. You know, I don't take that, I don't take it personal. Um, but, but what I've learned is um, that God's called me to do things very differently to other people. And so what I've learned about balance is my balance looks different to someone else's balance. Very different. And just like in the book of Ruth, if you ain't coming with me to Jerusalem, then you can chill in Moab. I have to listen to you. I don't have to listen to that. I don't. I don't have to listen to that. But unless where you're going looks anywhere like where I'm going, I don't, I don't have to listen to that. That's really important. You know where you're going. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you'll just be comparing how you live life to how another mum, yeah, another career yeah. person, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, uh, it's crazy. I, I'm one of those weird people. I genuinely believe God's called me to change the world. You know, I genuinely do. Anyway, that's, you know, I just say that as a preface to, uh, I don't know anyone who's changed the world who you would ever describe as balanced. So true. Who, who has changed the world? And you were, well, yeah, that Albert Einstein. Balanced. Oh, Martin Luther King Jr. Just balanced. <laughs> nothing about their lives were balanced. I don't, so these, you know, these world changes, those are the people I'm like, yeah, why would I want balance? You know? <sighs> nah. Just one more thing, one more thing, girl. Um, so, you know, it's, it's called a walk of faith, is it not? Yeah. You know. So if we just go back to high school physics again. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the only time you have balance is when you're not moving. That's the only time. But if it's a walk of faith, there's always a lean. And you're slightly off balance. Right? And then there's the split second where you feel comfortable, right? There's the split second right in the middle where you have perfect balance. Have you ever felt that? Oh man, life is going awesome, and then now it sucks again. Oh, oh, oh life is awesome, man, it sucks. This is hard. And I've just come to realize that the, it's not about balance, it's about where's the lean of the Holy Spirit? Just find the lean every season. Find the lean, find the lean, find the lean. So that's, that's, my, that's my only wisdom in the craziness of life. Do we get it right? Come stay with me for 24 hours. We get it wrong. All of the time. <laughs> but the, the point is in every season, we're just asking Holy, Holy Spirit, where, where, where now? Where now? You, you be our guide. You set the tone. You set the rhythm. You, you set it. If, is this, if the season is for rest, we will obey. If the season is for hard work, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure to do so. If the season is for home and marriage, we better pay attention. 
right? If the, if the season is, is for shifting and moving and transition, you better pay attention. Better not be resting when it's time to be doing hard work. And so that's probably the priority for me for balance, whatever that is, is, uh, is to always make sure I'm in a position where I can hear the Spirit of God. And so he, he just provides the perfect rhythm. Isn't that what it is? An unforced rhythm of grace. That is awesome. World changes, got no chill. <laughs> no chill needed. We're out here changing the world. We don't need chill, right? Yeah, that's good. That's so good. We, we actually have to wrap this up soon, which is a little bit disappointing. This has been really fun. So I thought we'd end on a bit of a fun note. Nat, style is your thing. Give us your best style tip. Life for the season. I feel like for I whatever just did that. you want. What's what's your style tip for the women out there? Style. T- well, we spoke about undies for all the girls who <laughs> just joined us. Tip, tip. Um, please go and yeah, get yeah. some good knickers on. Yeah. Thank you very much. Very important. You lay a good foundation. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Like I said earlier, the most important thing is just dress yourself in strength, dignity, and confidence. So good. All right, so don't get wrapped up in trends and what the latest magazine says we should be wearing. You know what, fashion comes and goes. It's, it's annoying. <laughs> All right, stick with style and um, every day, dress yourself in strength, dignity and confidence and shoes, right? Let me just talk about shoes and lipstick, okay? Shoes and lipstick, Shoes yes. and lipstick and I'll tell you why. Every time you put your foot in a shoe, think of it as putting on peace. Right, because we walk in peace. We are walking in peace every day. So when you put your shoes on in the morning, because I do believe it says um, to, oh, where is it? Help me, theologians. Was it? Is something? I know what I'm trying to say and I've gone blank. With your armor of God, with your feet fitted firmly, right, with peace. So every time you put your shoes on, you're walking in peace. And lipstick, chickies, lipstick. Who doesn't like a good lipstick? We need to talk. All right? Because you know what? Lipstick, every time I put lipstick, I think, what's on my lips today? What's on my lips? Currently, it's a red lipstick. It's very nice. But what's coming out of my mouth? What's on my lips today? Is it truth and love and grace and mercy and strength and courage? Or is it negative, self-doubt, disappointment? What's on my lips? So there you go. There's my style tips. Good style tips. Style tips. Your My style, style tips. <laughs> yes, <No>. please. <laughs> Get yourself a good pair of Spanx. Those hold me tights, right? Magic. Uh, okay, are you serious? Style tips. I mean, yeah. Like, did anyone not love what Pastor Esther was wearing this morning? There, there was a conversation amongst some girls about what you were wearing oh, this morning. Yeah. We were like, girls. ASOS, fam, ASOS. Um, style tips. Nails. Show your nails. Show your nails. Right? Nails. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Fair. Look at her nails. Aww. Beautiful. Yeah. Get in there. <laughs> um. uh, here's uh, style tips. <laughs> here's what I learned. Here's what I learned um, is that uh, 100% of the time, I was, we were talking at lunch today, uh, 100% of the time, we humans, uh, we are we are doing identity work, 100% of the time. So when you go and you put on clothes in the morning, 
probably more specifically when you go out shopping and you buy clothes, you're doing identity work. How we choose to present ourselves, you're doing identity work. And hear me clearly, I'm not saying that our identity is found in what we wear, but quite often when we go out to pick up something from a rack and we say, oh, yeah, I'd look good in this, what you're saying is this matches my identity. This matches the way I see myself. So when I feel a little bit wintry, a little bit gloomy, sis is gonna wear bright colors, right? Because I'm gonna choose now, and this is what I do even in winter, I'm gonna, I choose to wear colors when I'm feeling a little bit mm, not so great because I know, I'm aware now, I'm doing identity work. So when I pick up something that's full of color, I'm like, yes, queen. <laughs> yes, the, yes, yes. No, I will, I, will not, I will not meet where my emotions are. I will take my emotions and I will bring them up. And if everything, my words, right? Confidence, all of that, it will, it will meet my faith. My, my emotions will lift eventually. So sis is gonna wear bright colors. You look good in the favorite jumper too. Stop, stop. Yeah. Limited edition. This you look is great. No, look, look at this flex. I'm not even flexing. I'm so sorry, I apologize. You flex your own way. You flex your own way. That's all we have time for this afternoon, ladies. Can we please give our guests a hand? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Favourite Friends. Hey, if you want, why don't you share this episode with someone else you know? If you want to find out a bit more about us, it's Favourite Women or IC Church, then you can click on the link in the episode description below. I will see you next time. Bye.